I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're listening to this podcast, and you are, you're most probably listening through a pair of headphones, which means I have the perfect sponsor with the perfect product for you. It's Studio, and they want to revolutionize the way people see headphones. Generally, fashionable headphones tend to lack proper sound quality and the high-tech ones are bulky and not design orientated. Studio bridge that gap while emphasizing sleek modern Scandinavian design. To get a 15% discount on any of their wares go to studiosweden.com which is spelled S-U-D-I-O Sweden.com and simply put in the code DTD when purchasing a pair of headphones. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In Uncertain World, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to Nathaniel Wayne about Doctor Who. An utter masterpiece, Bitty McLean's Walk Away From Love uses Alton Ellis's Get Ready Sample from 1967. It's not that I don't love
Nathaniel, I love sci-fi, always have done as a kid. I realised at a very early age, I never appreciated Doctor Who. The sets were wobbly, uh, the actors I never quite believed in, even as a seven-year-old. The first episode of Doctor Who I can remember were giant slugs marching across the British landscape with bad CGI, with fuzziness around them. How wrong am I about my distrust of Doctor Who? Well, um, for the time that you probably started watching it, you're not very wrong. Because let's be honest, if we're talking classic Doctor Who as opposed to modern and anyone looking to get into Doctor Who for the first time, I absolutely do not recommend going back and starting with the classic stuff. If you can't get over wonky production value, you're not going to like it. And that's true whether you're trying to watch it now or whether you couldn't handle it at the time. So for the reason you just gave me, no, I can't actually say that you're wrong. There are some people who go so far as to call the wonky production design, especially that classic stuff, charming. I don't go that far. I don't actually actively enjoy it. But I can overlook it because I love the ideas in Doctor Who. I like the breadth of possibilities. Stop, stop. Let, let, let's discuss those ideas because All right. to, my, to my brain at the age of seven, and I'm now 49, my view really on Doctor Who hasn't changed. In that, when I compare it to other bits of kind of classic sci-fi, and let's say Star Trek as a compare and contrast. The Star that's, Trek, that's, that's a fair one. Yeah, oh, good, right? I'm a fair person. The Star Trek galaxy is consistent. You have the different quadrants. You have the, the various major races. It makes linear sense if you do one thing that means another well it appears to me that every episode of doctor who is kind of made up whimsically by the writer all this time jumping stuff and him having a companion and the telephone box it's whimsical what am i missing well i think in a lot of ways doctor who just doesn't clue into what it is that you like about other sci-fi and i think actually it is even worth making the distinction even though Doctor Who has the trappings of sci-fi, it takes place in space, there's time travel, there's high-end technology, there's all that stuff, there's aliens, and we associate those with science fiction, at its heart, it's not really a sci-fi show, it's a fantasy show. The core concept of Doctor Who is man with a magic box that takes him anywhere. That's not a sci-fi concept, that's a fantasy concept. Now, of course, like I said, it's it's drenched in sci-fi ephemera, but it's no more a science fiction movie than Star Wars is. And Star Wars is really just grand epic journey soap opera that happens to be in space. The fact that it's science fiction doesn't actually drive the plot or what's going on. And in specific well, Doctor Who episodes, the sci-fi concepts do sir, more, but as a concept, no, it's it's a fantasy concept. Sir, don't even start me on, on Star Wars. That's the reason why I went, went very quickly to, to Star Trek, because I, I <laughs> Star Wars is completely and utterly all over the place. So, But I was putting that to one side. At least visually, Star Wars is compelling. It's immersive. Uh, the costume design is stupendous. There's great special effects. I, I care little and just about naught for the fundamental universe building around Star Wars. But Doctor Who doesn't have those elements. Now, I don't mind a bit of Tennant. He was all right. Don't even mind Eccleston. He was all right. 
Um, but I think, really, we've we kind of got to the core of this already, haven't we? In that this is not a sci-fi show. I, I would say, is it a fantasy show or is it just a kid's show? I would call it a fantasy show. And I... For kids. You know, it, it, and, and it's Children. funny. It, no. Between. For that, Between. No, that the whole, the whole family can enjoy. I don't believe it's made specifically for kids. Now, part of this might be a cultural difference because this is a conversation I end up having with some of my viewers who are from the uk who like you know it's a family show it's a kids show in my mind there is a difference between something that is made specifically for kids and something that is made which kids can enjoy but is not necessarily pandering to them and that's what i think doctor who falls under that's what i think the marvel movies fall under and even though i know you don't like it that's what i think star wars falls under is it made specifically for kids no is it made with kids being able to watch it in mind yes but there is a difference there the emoji movie that's made for kids. Pixar movies are made for everyone, and kids can get a lot out of them. Okay, this is the problem with me doing this show, because I end up kind of agreeing with guests that I don't want to, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I can feel that emotion coming on here. Doctor Who is a show for the family. Who's been the best Doctor and why? My own personal favorite Doctor is Tom Baker. But see, a lot of what I love about him falls under the stuff that you've already said you don't like. Because you don't like the whimsy. And, and I'm going to kind of make several but, points but at I do, once. But I do like nostalgia. And he's my first Doctor. So when I do think of Doctor Who, I think of Tom Baker. I think of the hat and the big scarf. That's actually what I think of. He plays it in a way that no one else ever would have thought to have played it. He brought a lot of himself to that part. You can see it in interviews with him. The man feels like he himself is from another planet. Mm -hmm. It was just absolutely brilliant casting. And he was also a guy who had magnificent chemistry with everyone he was ever on screen with. But there's, a, there's something that you mentioned, both in relation to Star Trek and Star Wars, which is consistency. It really sounds like that something that you like about sci-fi is a meticulously built world that makes complete sense that you can follow with those yep. rules. Yep. Well, see, what I love about Doctor Who is starting up any episode having no idea where it's going to be, when it's going to be, and what the even the tone of the episode's going to be. I love that. Rules to me... I just need you to not violate whatever rules your fiction has set up for itself. But if you want to leave the rules really vague or just not define them at all, cool. I am more than happy to roll with that. So you're saying that I'm some uptight, conservative prig who just can't, like, chill out and relax and just go with the flow, man. Is that, what, is that really what this is boiling down to? Well, your word's not mine, but <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think you're... In a way, yes, but I think you're extrapolating from what I would say. What I would say is different people are wired different ways. And this is something that, that I run into a lot. And actually, I ran into this recently. I had a, a review of a Black Mirror episode go up, an episode called Metalhead, which is an episode that, so far as I can tell, most Black Mirror fans really don't like. And the core reason that they seem to not like it is that it doesn't lay out a lot of the answers and exactly what is going on and how things got to the way they are, the way most other episodes of that show do. And that drives them crazy because up to that point, it was a show that appealed to them, making it really clear what was going on. And then this episode happened that doesn't, and it ticked a lot of them off. I actually ended up really liking the episode because I, I appreciate when things like all fit together and make perfect sense but I personally don't need them to. Talking about things that make perfect sense, 
or at least don't have to make perfect sense our appreciation of music what actually floats our boat is something which is so idiosyncratic and so personal that sometimes it is completely and utterly nonsensical now you decided to go for into the wild by uh, the miracle of sound explain this to me because i must admit right um coming from my cultural background music fundamentally is driven by rhythm um it has a bit of a skip a bit of a soul when i listen to this i do, I, I completely and utterly zone out tell me where i'm going wrong well miracle of sound in general he's he's kind of a one man band he unless he brings in a female vocalist he does all the vocals and all the instrumentals himself he's pretty much heavily youtube based um and most of his music is inspired by video games some are also inspired by things like uh game of thrones he's got two or three songs about that and and he's had a few things along those lines but this particular piece was inspired by uh legend of zelda breath of the wild which i'll point out is a game i have not actually played But what I love about this piece of music and the reason that I thought it would be a good piece to sort of exemplify what I like about something like Doctor Who even though Legend of Zelda is a fantasy game and Doctor Who is ostensibly a science fiction show is the whole vibe of the song is just going out to find adventure. To me it embodies the thrill and the excitement of going head on into a place where you don't know what's going to be there. but you want to find out you want it to challenge you it has a really funny balance of having a sense of come on bring it on without being defiant it has that vibe but in a hopeful sense which it's kind of become my go-to self-empowerment song going into 2018 because i'm coming into this year going you know what i don't know what's coming i want to take it on but not in a come fight me way but like a show me what you got
you, you gave that a, a very big write-up, sir. But it's just that type of music just isn't really in my wheelhouse, I must admit. Um, I did think that you were going to pick the Time Lords KLF uh, kind of Doctor in the house, which for me is another black mark, actually, against Doctor Who, because it's a clunky <laughs> piece of electronica and house music. And back in 1988, when, when it was doing the rounds, I was well into my early house music, and house music was cool, it was soulful, um, it was from Chicago, etc. Then these bunch of British idiots came along with this clunky sample, throwed on a house beat, and I, and I hated it. But that's, a, that's, a, that's another, another strike against it. Let's go back to Doctor Who. What does Doctor Who tell an American, a Yank, a traitor like yourself, about Britain? What does it form? What does it inform, you know, the ideas, exemplars of British culture? Because it's a key exponent of, uh, of Britain, isn't it, Doctor Who? Oh, it is. And that's one of the things I love about it. And that's one of the reasons that, thank God, the 1996 or whatever TV movie that they did that had Paul McGann that was co-financed by Fox. Thank God that failed because that could have resulted in a very Americanized Doctor Who. So thank God that didn't happen. And you say traitor. I prefer rebel. But um, (laughs) I think for me, it's not so much any specific element of its Britishness that I'm like, yeah, it's that. It's just knowing that it makes no apologies for what it is and where it comes from. And that is something that I will always admire, even if all the individual pieces I could pick apart and go, eh, I don't know about that. Again, is this crazy fantasy concept with a sci-fi cosplay wrapped around it can sit back and go, oh, let's <laughs> let's have a cup of tea and go visit, you know, the queen. Oh, not the current queen, the Queen Victoria Queen. It makes no apologies to the point that it doesn't even really need to flaunt being British. It just is. I must admit, I did like the episode where those kids had those fused gas masks on. It's, are you my mummy? Oh my God, the empty child. That, I, oh, that creeped the heck out of me. And it creeps me out even more now because I didn't even have a kid of my own when I saw that the first time. Now it really freaks me out. Well, the whole thing of you know saying that Doctor Who is something which families can, can watch together, for me, that is exemplified by that episode because the kids are scared but not too scared. You know, the parents are kind of like, you know, freaked out but not too freaked out. You know, the family could watch it together and all have various different degrees of unease, terror, and be entertained by that. It, it, it was a great episode. It was great family viewing. Tell me how the writing, how the depiction of the Doctor has changed since its inception in the early 60s. Well, obviously, it tends to shift around depending on the the views and the priorities and the agendas of who's writing it. Now, you know, there's the Hinchcliffe era, which actually dealt with a lot of the darker material, some of the more downer episodes, some flat out gothic horror stuff. He was never the showrunner, but there was a stretch of time where Douglas Adams was the script editor. And you can you can see his fingerprints all over those episodes that he worked on. There's just more jokes. There's more twisting of time and the whole thing bending around in on itself. You can tell that Russell T. Davies, who was the showrunner when the show kicked off its revival, was very into the drama and the emotions of everything, whereas Stephen Moffat, who took over after him, is much more into the nuts and bolts of the technical storytelling. And he gets much more into the time bending and how that factors into things, whereas, like I said, Davies was much more focused on 
kind of the soap opera of it. It is interesting to watch it shift priorities as different writers take over. In, in addition, of course, to seeing how new actors bring a whole new aspect of the character to life every time uh, we get a new Doctor. We have now a first in the Doctor Who kind of lore that we have a female Doctor. Mm-hmm. You can't have a female Doctor, can you? You can, but I also um, am not mad at people who have issue with rolling with that idea but in terms of people having problems accepting that i actually do understand because i did a video over three years ago now i did a video talking about my problems with just the concept of a woman taking over the part of the doctor and my attitude has changed over time it's weird to me that so many fans like basically waited to try and figure out how they were going to cope with it until it happened because there were a million signs that this was coming so i kind of got through my issues with it before it even happened but i do still remember what it was like to deal with my headspace and figure out if this is going to work and should it happen and it was a years-long process and i think it's unfortunate that some people basically kept taking the can down the road, taking their fingers in their ears and going la 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 la, pretending it was never going to happen. And then when it did, they're they're now dealing with now what I got over a year, two years ago. Nathaniel, you're obviously somebody who's well-versed in in the world of Doctor Who, fantasy and sci-fi. Why don't you tell the listeners of the podcast how they can catch up with you on YouTube? There is the Council of Geeks podcast, which right now is focusing on uh, comic books from the 90s. So if that's a nostalgic point from you, I'm revisiting my own comic book collection. The Council of Geeks YouTube channel gets the most frequent updates that gets on average four new videos every week. There is a Doctor Who video every single week. There's also a Patreon that launched on the day that we're recording this. So if you really like my stuff, you can even support me that way if you are feeling so generous. Nathaniel Wayne, thank you for coming on to Friday 15 to tell us that an inhabitant of the Pine Gallifrey is the most significant part of British pop culture, at least in terms of television, in the last 50 years. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. War and Leisure is the fourth studio album by American singer Miguel. Released in December 2017, it's an R&B psychedelic funk soundboard. This is the first track, Criminal. I need a lunatic just like me Paint the sky with a brush fire Yeah, like la 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 I got a mind like Columbine Yeah, vigilante and volatile Yeah, I pick and choose like duck duck Goose, I'm close ties that you shouldn't cut loose I just want someone that I can't trust 
Baby, is that you? Is that us? I know it's dicey. Oh, it's so good it feels criminal. Huh? It's just gotta be criminal. Huh? The way I keep killing you. Now I'm dangerous. <laughs> yeah. It's so good it feels criminal. Uh, it's just gotta be criminal. Uh, the way I keep killing you. Such a blessing, and yeah, I know way too well. Now I'm finessing, huh? Just plead the fifth if you ever question. Cause you see, I just want someone that I can't trust. Maybe is that true? Is that us? I know I'm dancing. Oh, it's so good it feels criminal. Huh? It's just gotta be criminal. Elevated when she fell in love. Stepping on her, say he did her like a dirty rug. Feeling played, underpaid, like she was at you page. Every day she had to find a way to find a way. Self esteem is what emotions feed. Dry land to get to travel to seven seas. Kaepernick of my city, little homie, take a knee. Taking you to places, selfies get taken and leaked. From who thoughts, boss. An angel in the flesh, yes. It feels like I'm flowing when we really having sex, yes. Her words be so potent, scribbled them on my chest, yes. Motivation this morning, shorty, and I confess, yes. I'm holding you closest, that's still a day I rest, yes. I gave her a hundred, stuffed it all in a dress, yes. Motion picture, we them young mogul niggas, yes. It's a toast to the ones who knew us before the riches. Michael McDonald's blue-eyed soul hit, I Keep Forgetting, was heavily sampled by Warren G on his 1994 single Regulate featuring Nate Dubb.
hope you enjoyed this week's show don't forget you can follow the show's progress on facebook by simply typing in friday 15 you can also find us on twitter where you can follow me where i'm at royfield spelled r-o-i-f-i-e-l-d now every thursday you can jump onto twitter and tweet me and nominate a song for me to put into this week's friday 15 iTunes reviews, folks, are extremely important. They're the lifeblood of any podcast. Please go onto iTunes and write us a, a glowing review. And don't forget, finally, you can email me where I'm Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, at gmail.com. See you all again in seven days' time for more good music and great conversation. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.